Okay. Are you okay? I you almost no. drowned last night. <laughs> oh man, it's been a week. Hello, it's me and uh me and Andre. It's Lisa and Andre. And Ian is again not, not with us this week. That's fine. He's got shit going on. He didn't abandon you guys. He still loves you. He sends his regards. And Salah. So last night I'm getting all these texts from you that are very disturbing because they were <laughs> late for me. So they were in the middle of your night. So what the uh-huh. fuck happened? Yesterday afternoon you had a, like something with the... Okay, just tell me. I'll stop guessing. Okay, so basically what's happening is my apartment is giving up. So I'm at work and I get this video from Lindsay and I play it and she's standing in our laundry room that's currently flooded with a couple of inches of water <laughs> that's also flooding into the kitchen. Oh my god. And I'm like I'm I'm like what the hell is going on? And she's like the washer basically just like overflowed. She changed she tried to change like the load size halfway through and apparently the washer was just like fuck that just no. and just decided to start crying literally. And so there was just like inches of water on the floor and I was still at work and I was going to be at work for the next like four hours. And so we had to like make an emergency call to to the maintenance guy and he came in and with like the, that big old water vacuum and he's just slurping up all the water that's like in our kitchen. Um, He's what? He's slurping? He's slurping it all up. I like that. Sounds very um, inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> and so so I get home and Harley's there. Lindsay's gone to her work and she's just like, man, I've had it. It's it's just been a week in general. So we're probably going to have to replace the floors because they're already getting like very spongy. Yeah. They're like starting to rise up because they they absorb the water. Yeah. And so we're probably going to have to replace the kitchen floors. Thankfully, the apartment complex is doing it. And they're probably also going to give us a new washer. I'm just like, man, I wish our dishwasher overflowed because that shit doesn't clean anything. <laughs> we could have used a new dishwasher. Um, just, put a, just put the dishes in the new dishwasher. <laughs> exactly. So, oh but, God, so is the flooring, is, is the flooring like a laminate? Or is it bamboo? Yeah, it's, it's yeah so laminate. it's not hardwood. It's it's a laminate, right? Right, right. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of a mess right now. And then last night, I'm trying to go to bed. We we rearranged the living room because we needed some new feng shui. Yeah, gotcha. We needed a, we needed a refreshed energy after the week we had, so we just did our our semi annual rearranging renovation. And so it's one thirty. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to bed. And I'm laying down and I keep hearing this sound of what sounds like a rustling under my bed. And I'm thinking, oh, I accidentally like the cat is like under there. And I just like accidentally closed the door. And so I turn off the light and I'm like looking under my bed. I'm like, all right, Opal, come on, come out. And I can't find her. And I'm like, what is making that noise? And then I look up and literally right above me, there's a wet spot on my ceiling that's slowly dripping water and i'm just like it's 1 30 in the morning no one else is awake and i'm just like you know what i'm just gonna put a towel down and hope the roof does not cave in on me <laughs> i have a question because yeah because the dishwasher i mean the dishwasher the clothes washer 
mm-hmm. overflowed because a cycle was changed mid-cycle. I've done mm-hmm. that, by the way. Do you think it did something to the line and disturbed what happened upstairs? Was there a backflow? I think w- what I think what happened is the other thing that happened this week where our furnace gave out and we didn't have heat for, I'm going to say, like 12, 14 hours. We didn't have it overnight. It gave up like a couple hours before we went to bed. And the guy just came in and reset the furnace. But they're always sending us emails about like, if the weather is, uh, is like under 60 degrees, make sure you have some heat on or else the pipes will burst. And so I'm thinking <laughs> that's exactly what happened because it gets down to like the 10s and 20s overnight. And it was like that all night. There was no heat going through the apartment. So I think there's a pipe that's like semi-busted or just leaking. So it I woke up and it, and it wasn't dripping anymore. So I was like, okay, so it's not an emergency. So I, I put in the work order and the guy's going to come tomorrow to take a look at it. But I'm just like... Man, it's it's been a week. No, I feel you. We live in an uh an eighty five year old house, so we're just used to like some shit. We're always just in that mode of like, you know, whatever plague is coming next, whatever you know, ghost is going to be haunting the toilet. The the plumbing is ancient and it got replaced in the eighties, and I don't know what goes on, but occasionally the front shower floods and we'll come back from wherever get a nasty surprise and there's a flood in the hallway and it's old hardwood, so they buckle. The whole house is falling down around us, you know. But, hey, it's in a nice neighborhood. It's a nice place to be, uh, you know, homeless in your yard. So <laughs> not going to hate on it. But what? that's the worst because it's also cold there. And I was feeling for you. I was feeling bad. Yeah. Yeah. I was it's making been a week. <laughs> while this was all going transpiring, I was making split pea soup for Ian, who was on set. So um, I was commiserating with you while also chopping onions. So my tears were real. And also <laughs> onion induced. So there you go. You're over there doing the shape of water. <laughs> Literally. We did the podcast last Sunday uh, before the Oscars aired and then the Oscars happened and I wasn't going to watch them. And then I remembered Rami Malik was going to present and, you know, <laughs> that's my jam. So um, <laughs> I had to watch that's it. All it took. And then he said this amazing thing. It's all it took. <laughs> Rami Malik is like, I'm going to be at the, you know, the... Next rally for it? No, I was about to make a really crude joke. He would never show up for that. But anyway, so um, he's my guy. So he does this interview with Ryan Seacrest, and he says this wonderful thing about believing in yourself and staying authentic. And so I was, like, really glad that I did. And I was just going in really cynical, going, you know, they're going to give it to whatever Green Book is this year. I don't know, what would that be? Green Book this year would be, uh, what was that, Martin Scorsese um, abomination? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's going to make, you know, this – this thing, the I was just waiting for it, and so I was so shocked and surprised, pleasant, pleasantly surprised, when it turned out to be Parasite. What was your reaction to that? I mean, I wasn't watching it live, but literally, you could you could feel like Twitter just like blowing up. Yeah, and it immediately rose to trending within like five minutes of it being announced, and it it was really was a welcome surprise. I was already salty because my prediction about Endgame not winning anything came true. Um, I was sure. like, not surprised there. Um, and then Joaquin Phoenix got best actor. We all knew that was coming. Yep. Um, and like honestly, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect for Best Picture. I just knew that I probably wasn't going to like it. <laughs> but it was really, it was a really welcome, welcome surprise. Um, it still does not make me feel better about all the countless other people 
that were left out of the nominations. Sure. But and we we get on the show and we're like the Oscars don't fucking matter and like and I I still think to some degree they don't. But to your point that you make all the time, like within the business, like it kind of is. Sure. So for Parasite to get this this honor is like really incredible. I think that's. I, I say I don't want to care. I want it to change. Seven hundred and eighty six films. Seven hundred ninety six films were made in two thousand nineteen, and I'm like, we have to find a better metric. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't just need to wait for the boomers to either have a religious experience or pass away or whatever. Like, it, it just need, it needs to reflect the change in the world. And so Parasite for me was a bellwether of. You know, is this a bellwether? I guess is my question. You know, has Hollywood learned? Because yeah. reading those two anonymous, um, those pieces about those two anonymous Oscar voters were just like, fuck, dude. Is this who's voting for the Oscars? No wonder we're getting Green Book and La La Land and all the basic bitch vanilla, you know, stuff. So I don't know. I feel like maybe the tide is changing. Maybe people are listening. It's heartening to see Billie Eilish on that stage uh, singing yesterday. Maybe people are learning from, because Z is coming, and us in Gen X, we just know, we tried to fight the baby boomers, guys. They never turned, um, they never, it's like the queen, and we were like Charles. Gen <laughs> X is Prince Charles. We ain't mm-hmm. ever going to get to be a king. It ain't ever happening. We're going to be dead, and she's just going to pass right the fuck over us, and she's just barely going to give it up, and then William's going to take it. William's just going to be like, you old, you're half dead, I'm taking it, you know. So that's kind of how Gen X is, is we're just like, y'all just take the baton, man. Just do whatever. Make everybody vegan, I don't give a shit, you know. Make everybody responsible um, and consensual, I don't give a shit. I'm here for it. I love it. It's great. And so I'm just, I'm ready for someone to come in and and take over the metric and go, Mm -hmm. how do we measure it? Because it's not box office sales. You would think that the almighty dollar would tell them that Black Panther and Endgame and all these films that have been written off are actually valuable to audiences. Yeah. You know, because you sat here and jerked off to Joker. Like, so what's your fucking message, right? I don't understand the message. So... I took it as a hopeful sign because I went in like totes cynical. So it was kind of a good about spin. You know, I don't know. It's, and I even, it's had, hard for me to be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to sound super cynical, but it's hard for me to be hopeful because, like, we were kind of saying the same thing last year with just the fact that Black Panther got as not as many nominations as it did. And Parasite winning is huge. And Taika Watiti winning is huge and all these great examples of progress is totally huge i just don't see it affecting anything anytime soon yeah it really is you're totally right it, it there's something there's something there that has to give like foundationally and how we're picking these films yeah i mean it's hard be, uh, it's hard because like box office in a way it is some measure of success but and then and there are plenty of people who are are you know sort of debating if box office even translates to the quality of a film. I think some in some cases it does, but then again, Joker went up to one billion dollars, so maybe in my opinion it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um. But well, a lot of people have I, problems with Bohemian Rhapsody. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I knew what it was. I wasn't taking it as the gospel. 
I mean, without Rami's performance, would I have enjoyed that film? I don't know if I would have even watched it, you know. Probably would have caught it later and felt the way I do about Rocket Man, you know. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> you know, I don't think I would have gotten so super excited about it. So, yeah, it is. it does come down to some sort of subjectivity, but I still feel like recognition... Um, as far as street currency needs to change, I guess that's what I'm really after. Um, well, Bohemian Rhapsody had the the advantage of that very um, open press stuff that they were doing, and Rami, you know, saying like, "This is what the film is. This is what we didn't want to do. This is what we wanted to to achieve." And I think it helped in the long run for sure. Um, I think I just... single handedly that man showed up for um, every single. If somebody was opening up their house for five minutes for a bake sale and they were going to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, that dude showed up. So he was out there hustling in the streets. And then that does play a lot into it. Being yeah. an ungracious winner, uh, holding your hand out and expecting it, de-aging thousand-year-old men and, and saying, you know, I'm an institution. People were like, well, we're going to nominate you out of respect, but nah. So... I felt like there was some things, maybe I'm reading it into it, that there are some hopeful signs. But, you know, I do fall back into the ditch of, like, it's just going to be the same status quo until, I don't know, there's a rapture or people die. Um, and it's unfortunate. I try to ignore it, but it does have such a hold on the industry upon which uh, a lot of my friends and my husband works in. So, yeah, I had to pay attention to it. It has to matter, and things do need to change. Do you think it would be different Guys. or even beneficial if, you know, because we have all these, everything leading up to the Oscars, you have like the BAFTAs and the People's Choice Awards and all of those similar, uh, similar awards. Do you think like, I mean, maybe every award show should tackle a, a variety of different pools of movies rather than you know, like Joaquin Phoenix getting best actor and Joker for every single award show because every single award show is considering Joker for an award. Am I making any sense? Yeah, you are. Do you it's, think that that would help? Like, it could. I, don't... I mean, I don't, I don't, I think in any, I think that's a, that's a great direction to go. Any direction that other than where we're living is better to go. You know, like yeah. how do you court, uh, cure polio? You try. First of all, <laughs> you got to try like sitting mm -hmm. around going, well, people got polio. That sucks. That's, you know, like we got to do something. I, I think that's a great place to head, you know, but who's getting to make these decisions ultimately? A bunch of CEO, a CEO of old white guys. So, you know, maybe everything's going to change after they put Weinstein in jail. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's possible. Anything's possible. Maybe the, not, the nomination pool needs to get bigger and maybe the Oscars do like a two-parter. Like that could boost your, your views. I think so. If you did a one-parter on Sunday and the second part on, on uh, sorry, first part on Saturday yeah. and the second part on Sunday. I mean, you're just, uh, I feel like, because well, I mean like when Parasite you know, did win, everyone went flocking to go see the film. So Yeah, 234% ticket sales are up, by the way. So, yeah. but my problem, and I and I roll, I roll my eye all the time when I watch the Oscars or any award show. I just can't, I can't stand it. The the fucking, uh, just for the record, I mostly am a progressive politically and probably what you would call socially, I'm pretty liberal. But I have some. I have a streak in me. I have an old GOP streak. The old guard, not the new, not the new Nazis. But like, I can be pretty conservative about certain things. But what really makes my eye mess up is when the liberals get on stage and they grandstand. I can't stand it. You know, I, mm. I, my eye messes up. Like, 
I love that Natalie Portman wore the cape with all the women directors on it, but I don't know. My, my eye just rolls when I see a lot of this bullshit. And I love that, you know, Joaquin gets up there and he talks about the rights of animals. I feel you, dude. I love that your heart is there, and I love that you're, like, fighting for animal rights. But you also were a dick on set. Like, you treated your and co-workers. And he acknowledged it in his speech. Yeah, and that's, okay, great. Are we just saying that you're just now coming to fucking Jesus? Because what I want to see on the streets is you not act like that on set anymore. Like, ever. Again. Yeah. You've done this kind of bullshit and for the past decade, and you keep apologizing for it. So, like, make it stick. Show up for mm-hmm. work on time. You know, hang up your costume when you're done. Be a good scene partner. Be a good fucking human being. You know, you don't need to do this. It's like people who have nervous breakdowns or or need to do everything on social media. Take it inside. Take it into your personal life and make those changes there. Don't do it in the middle of the fucking street. I just don't, until it sticks, it makes my eye mess up. But I really didn't have a much problem with him because he's been doing this for a long time. I just... The people who get up there, the liberals just don't help themselves. They get up there and they, they make these big, important speeches. I feel like I like the British more in the situation where they're more Olivia Coleman. They get up and make a few rude remarks. They're self-evasing. <laughs> and they get the fuck off the stage. Like, I don't know. I think my problem with it is, like, the same people that are that are saying all these things. Like, in, like on the surface level, like, yeah... I totally agree with what Joaquin Phoenix said in his speech, but what what makes me appreciate it less is that he's part of the people that can drive that act of change. Yep. And I'm gonna call it right now. Like we're not gonna see him like campaigning for for more diverse films or more female directors. Like it just it feels very performative to me. Yes. And I know some people have said that with the Natalie Portman cape. I personally found it awesome that she did that. I know some people really felt like that. It was just really performative. I, I, I just liked it because that, that was one of my biggest things going to the Oscars, just like the, the imbalance in the, the male to female directors. But well, you gotta stop. Ha- but you know, I'm gonna say something controversial though, and I think I don't have a problem with the cape, whatever the cape. If but if the cape, if it's just the cape and there's no action on the other side of it, then you're just jerking off in the wind. It's just right, a cape, right? And it's that's, a cape that's flapping literally to. in the breeze. And also, yeah. can we just stop like nominating people like Greta, basic bitch Gerwig? I'm sorry, I know she's your favorite, I know you love her, but Little Women, come the fuck on, dude. It's overrated garbage. I loved Mary Storch just fine. I gave it some props, but. It depends on the caliber of the women that you're letting in. It feels like it's mm-hmm. all these trustafarian chicks who are getting in, the Lena Dunhams of the world who are problematic as shit, and Greta hasn't done anything evil. It's just you're rewarding beige. You're rewarding our Werther's candy. It's just there's Argentinian women making films, Brazilian women, black women, other white women who are doing edgier shit, LGBTQI, or just old broads who have been awesome for fucking ever. Let those guys in, you know? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be about Greta Gerwig. She's all right. I just, little woman, y'all, check it out. Or don't. But I'm just saying, like, the, the not all women need to be let in. It's who's good at this. And if people make, this is what Stephen King was trying to say. It should be a good thing. But where's the gatekeeping going to start? Let all the people in. So the metric for me, the gate, who gets to nominate these films? I'm heartened by the fact that Rami Malek is on the jury of the Oscars. 
And then I like to see those guys use their power for good. You're right. Joaquin Phoenix needs to turn around and take that power. You know, stop acting like a fucking brat. Dude, you got gray ass hair. You old now. Get your fucking shit together and go and advocate. Replace yourself out. Pull a Nicholas Holt. You know, go and try to get things made. Be a Brad Pitt and have plan B and put people in charge who are better than you, more talented than you, and a different color than you. If you want to be that person, hand the baton off and do that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying Joaquin isn't doing that, but I just, I'd love to hear more of, I'd like to see, what do they say in scripts? Show, don't tell. You know, mm-hmm. go show us, and then then you can get up there and be, you know, performative. And I believe it as not performative as a real thing. Because he just reeks. He reeks to me. He reeks. His whole thing reeks. Well, I mean, right it, it also doesn't help that he that every single speech that he's made at these award shows are kind of just like variations of the other. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> again, like, if if I saw what he wanted to do to back up what he's saying, I wouldn't have such a problem with it. Yeah. But it really just feels like especially the movie he was in, like, doesn't help that either. (laughs) That's literally the thing that makes my eye mess up. You're in a fucking white supremacist jerk-off hand job, and your director hasn't acknowledged that, and you're not sitting here going, I just, I don't know, fuck off. Until it really changes. You know, I've been on this date before. Red flag. I'm going to get the, I'm I'm not even going to wait for the coffee to come to the table. Bye. You know. I saw someone point out that, um, when Todd Phillips came out and made that thing about how like you can't make comedy anymore because everyone gets offended, and then there was this screenshot of Taika Waititi, like uh, retweeting it and commenting and saying, um, "I don't even know what he, it was like." It was just like, "Oh, he funny" or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then he goes and makes this this film Jojo Rabbit about Nazis, but it's a comedy, and then he wins the Oscar for it instead of Todd Phillips. And it's just like, <laughs> when you frame all of that shit together, you're just like, man, we love that journey for Taika. <laughs> and I'm not like rooting for Taika just because he's brown. I'm rooting for Taika because he's putting a voice out there that we haven't heard in a long time. I've spent my entire lifetime watching uh, white people make stories. And some of them have been awesome and moving. They've, they've shaped my formative years. Congratulations and thank you. But also... Um, move to the back of the bus, get out of the way, make some room, whatever, you know, do something. Because when you hear fresher stories, like seeing Taika's take on well-tread material, I loved it. I thought it was beautiful. It was kind of had this modern tweak to it. It was joyful. I really loved it. And I loved ScarJo in it. I got to tell you, ScarJo in the hands of good is a good thing. ScarJo in the hands of evil, well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you get ghosts in the shell. Um, so... Off of the Oscars, I feel like I got a little ranty. I apologize. If Joaquin Phoenix is your favorite, I get it. I love that boy. There was a long time that I had huge, huge love for River, and I still have in my heart of hearts love for that dude, and I am rooting for him. But he's too old, long in the tooth to keep making the same fucking speech. The Mia Culpa, he's done it before. Old shit. Yeah. So, um, and if your favorite film did not win, I apologize, you know, to uh, no one because I, it's not my decision. So here's the most exciting thing that's going on in our household. I am going to make flan today. Mm-hmm. And I'm nervous. I'm on a sweets kick. This is not going to probably make any sense. But um, I'm on a health conscious weight kick thing. And I'm, I need hobbies 
to occupy my mind when I'm not just sitting at a desk. And I just thought about what I used to do when I was in peak health. And this is going to sound so crazy as I used to make desserts. Mm -hmm. Dessert making is very uh, complicated. It's chemistry. Cooking is very tough. It's chemistry. It's timing. It's all those things. And you learn a lot about yourself. And then if you get good at something, you get that immediate reward. So, and I find that I don't eat what I cook. I like to share the love and pass it around to other people. You get diabetes. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> and my husband is more than happy to be my test kitchen. So it all started like two weekends ago when I made a pineapple upside down cake when he said, I have never had one of those. And I was like, what? So I immediately leapt from the couch. Well, there was no leaping. I am kind of fluffy. <laughs> anyway, I, I rose up slowly and I went and got the ingredients and I brought out my cast iron skillet and I made my old school um, a variation between the old church lady's recipe and the one I've perfected over the years. And it's kind of almost a pudding cake. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cakey. It's kind of puddingy. It's tart, but it's also, it's almost like a, a cheese Danish, a pineapple cheese Danish. Well, he loves it. And I love flan and flan is kind of one of those, it's my downfall. But then I started reading it. And I'm like, oh, it's just milk, sugar, and eggs, and, you know, it's easy to make. And people are like, oh, no, bitch, sit down. This shit is hard to make. So yeah. it's starting there, and I'm going to do some cookies in the coming weeks. So I don't know. I'm like, that's the kick that I'm on. And we just bought some Ramekins, those little things that they come in. We just went to the Bed Bath & Beyond and got those. And so I'm very excited. Guys, wish me luck. Pray for me. Whatever God you believe in. And I'll <laughs> let you know how it turns out. Very excited, um, but cool. like the thing of it is, is like it gets me moving around in the kitchen. It gives me something to focus on. It gives me, it's a short term goal with a short term payoff, mm -hmm. um, because you know. And then I'm also painting again as the weather changes and the the backyard gets more uh, friendly for setting up my paint gear. I'm getting back out there to paint, but I'm not. No, no, I'm just I'm excited about my. It used to be my thing when I was young. I made desserts all the time because when you're in the South, that's how you learn how to cook. My mother was. I mean, I could barely stand. I remember being tiny, and she was standing me on a chair and some some uh, phone books, and I made my first cake, a yellow cake, which I think has six sticks of butter in the icing. Um, <laughs> and you immediately die of a heart attack as soon as you have right. it. But, mm -hmm. but, like, I remember just having a love for that, and it's it's sort of nostalgic for me, and it's a way to, like, be in the kitchen. And I don't know. So there you go. Are you a baker? I love cake. Do you bake? Uh, <laughs> not really. If I'm baking, it's just no. like, like, um, like Nestle cookie dough, like chocolate chips and like, there's nothing wrong with sometimes, that. Sometimes, sometimes I'll make cinnamon rolls, but it's literally just like the ones that are packaged. Like I'm not like making them from the dough or anything. I don't know. That's no. kind of fun though, too. I mean, sometimes you just want to like buy something and, and see it rise in the oven and you got that smell in your house. That's kind of Oh fun. yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then I'll buy my like $5 cakes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm always a little Those are worried. Twenty five dollars here, so <laughs> yeah, love that. Mm -hmm. There's a twenty dollar markup. Please move um, here. I, <laughs> I'm always a little wary about cakes because, like, when I have a cake, it needs to be like the right kind of cake. It needs to not have any weird fillings, and it definitely does not need to have whipped cream. As the frosting, I bitch, yeah, I, I will kill you. Yeah, mm -hmm. 
if I buy, that's why I don't. That's why I don't like ice cream cake. I can't do it. like the. It's literally just the frosting. It just really pisses me off. There's no need. But if I it's and like cupcakes with like whipped cream icing are also just like the worst thing because you bite into it and you're re- you're ready for that buttercream like mm, like cocaine like buttercream icing, and then you bite into it and it's just fucking whipped cream. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, but I want to kill someone right now. So you can understand if like somebody's making whipped cream icing at home because you're tired, you have kids, or you bake a lot, or you just want to get and it I done. And I understand it's like slightly more health conscious, but sure. also like, fuck you, though. But here's, the, I don't here's want... my philosophy about it, though. Here's my <laughs> philosophy about desserts. And, and this is going to be quite controversial, I know. But it's like there's no such thing as diet vodka. You're either drinking vodka or you're not drinking vodka. If you're going mm-hmm. to eat a fucking cake, and I, I live on this really healthy side of town. I live in a healthy city, and I appreciate us. I do. I love this journey for all of us trying to be healthy. Yes, ma'am. But when I'm going to go buy a piece of cake, I don't need it to be health cake. It's like no. health yeah. beer. Just don't drink the beer, bitch. Just drink. I don't know, tea or some water or something. Don't drink the beer because trying to halfway do it, I get, I understand what you're going to, I know how you're going to come for me, but listen up. <laughs> you either are or you aren't, right? So for me, if I'm not partaking, like I'm taking a break from drinking for a minute, it's just better not to drink. Having a fake beer, I don't understand yeah. that. So having a 100 point, you know, 100 calorie piece of cake, I, I'm not going to have that cake because I know that's going to taste like butthole. So, yeah. I am going to make my yellow cake, and it does require four sticks of butter, and it does require white chocolate, and there's a whole process to making it. It kind of has a shell that forms around it, and then it's creamy mm-hmm. on the inside, and mm-hmm. the cake is just a delivery device for the icing, but the cake itself is perfection. It mm-hmm. is an old-school scratch, old church lady recipe from the Mount Zion Methodist Church in Scottsboro, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And this fine lady gave me this recipe a million years ago, and she showed me how to do all the little tricks in the trades. And I'm going to put that together for my husband. And the thing, I'll have a piece of it, and then I walk away from it. Oh, same. Like, yeah, I when I when I have it. cake, like that shit is like in the fridge for like a week, yeah. and it's always like a little treat after dinner. I there's there's just comes to a point where like when you start eating it, it's really good, but at some point your brain's like, all right, sugar overload, we got to stop. And I'm like, okay, and then I just like wait for my piece tomorrow. Yeah. It's just great. It's like something like you can, and then you know it's there because I get so endlessly disappointed um, here. I love, um, I love California. It's my home. I love Santa Monica. It is my home. I love everything about here. Um, it's and warts and all, all the craziness and even the traffic it drives me crazy. But it's also like, oh, the smell of diesel fuel and pain on the freeway. And you see actors like panicking because they're going to auditions and just everybody going fuck actors. Anyway, I just love this town. Right. But there's a lot of stuff to be lacking about the food. And then when you go out to like have a piece of dessert and everybody's raving about a restaurant and you go there and $300 later, you're just mad as hell. So we have to make a lot of our food at home. And like the sixth time that Ian's like, I just want a piece of chocolate cake when we get it home and it's dry and the the icing is an abomination. And I'm like, you know what? Enough with this. I'm just going to start making our cakes and. He's delighted when I announced this today. I think he danced in a circle. He was like, I will be right there for you, baby. I will support <laughs> you in your endeavor. Because I made this second pineapple upside down cake, and I literally had half a piece of it, and I was done. I was like, that's what that tastes like. That's delicious. Next, I want to conquer the next thing and move on. Mm-hmm. And I've been a huge flan lover for a while. Some people say flan. Mm-hmm. I think that's weird. Doesn't sound right to me. Um, 
that I'm going to make it. And it's probably going to suck. But I don't know. It, probably how it'll suck is it won't set up. I won't probably do something right initially. But it'll mm-hmm. still be, you know, caramely goodness, even if it's goo. And I'll probably drink it'll it. It'll still taste good. I'll just pour it into yeah. a coffee cup. and I'm like, mm, this flan is delicious. This flan drink. Yeah, my, my mom and my grandma make flan um, because it's it's like a – portuguese staple for, for so you say flan and i'm that just insulted you i apologize everybody i'm so sorry how did you insult me well i said i don't say flan because that sounds wrong when you just said flan it is flan That's oh not... i didn't hear that part <laughs> you were just tuning me out Fla- you know we're doing a podcast together right now we're not just no. talking on <laughs> skype right <laughs> no i think i think this this skype thing just like glitched out for a second i didn't okay. hear that part cool but no yeah it's flan like what not not flan were you saying it like yeah, that's what I call it. I say flan. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, flan, flan, <laughs> potato, potato. Listen, I bet you, you know better than me. You, you're, you, okay, it's flan then. I'll call it flan from here on out. <laughs> Stand corrected. <laughs> well, so here's what I read I read that the Romans came up with it and then the Spanish mm-hmm. adopted it. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is yeah. a staple in like in, in especially every Mexican restaurant in town has flan on their menu. So yeah, it's a it's a Hispanic dessert, and Portuguese are not considered Hispanic, even though there's like there's a bunch of scholarships out there for Hispanic and Latinx people, and there's like they take Portuguese people, even though we're white. I don't know. I guess they're just like, well, it's right next to Spain, so obviously they're Hispanic. It sounds exotic, um, and they have monkeys on their shoulders, and they wear fezes. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds closer to like Russians to me, anyway. Um, <laughs> More Turkish, no, but I'm just rolling with this thing I've been going with. Yeah, I think everyone in that region has like their own version of it. It's kind of like potato salad, how everyone has their own version of that, and so sometimes you just want to keep it away. Does your mom make it? Yeah, they've been like perfecting it for years. So I don't, I don't personally like it, because um, I, I, I think I had too much as a child or yeah. something, like. But yeah, it's 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 always there. Anytime we're doing any sort of dessert for like a Portuguese party, it's always there. I did. I didn't grow up with it. I grew up with like pudding, <laughs> you know, banana pudding. Right. I mm-hmm. didn't. That wasn't like. And so when I I started encountering it in like Mexican restaurants and other places, I was like, "What is this shit?" Because I love caramel and I love custard, and it has all yeah. the things that I like together. I can mm-hmm. see though, like getting hit over the head. Like I'm not a big. I'm like not not a big um, banana pudding fan either, right? Because I mean, every fucking special occasion or ambrosia or you know like zucchini bread or whatever my mother pumpkin pies and stuff like that. All the pumpkin stuff, all the Thanksgiving food. No, I just can't do it. I yeah, can't even I'm, smell sage without like losing my mind. <laughs> I'm very picky about desserts. It was only till like this year that I finally decided that i liked apple pie there was just something about it that i didn't like chunks of hot apple in my pie but like i got around to it once i put like you know like some like vanilla ice cream with it like i just like the smell of it and like so it's fine now i still don't go crazy over it but for a long time i like highly resisted apple pie because i just did not like chunks of hard apple well that's somebody who don't know how to make that you shouldn't have chunks of hard apple it's i've been making apple pies for like ever and Mm -hmm. i have a recipe that i swear by not too chunky but also not big huge chunks it's the there's a cut there's a specific cut it's a diamond cut and then the secret is i put uh, pineapple in mine too not a whole lot 
not equal mm. to equal, but I have pineapple in it. And you don't, it doesn't overpower the um, apple taste, but it complements it. And there's mm-hmm. a little twist that I do with the Saigon cinnamon. And, uh, and then you have a buttermilk milk biscuit as a, basically as your pie dough. And that's what offsets it. It's kind of almost a salty uh, pie dough with that filling. Mm-hmm. And then that's the kind of apple pie I'll eat. But I've had apple pies where somebody will hand me an apple pie and I'll just, they will not look and I throw it in a storm drain. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> you just wrapped a, a, a half a hot fucking undercooked apple in a piece of bread and wanted me to call it pie. No, that's an insult. I'm going to beat your Betty Crocker ass to death. So there, I think there's an art to it. And it's also preference, sure. But that's how mine is. And I, mm-hmm. I let it sit up and um, infuse and marinate for a bit. So. Remind me to send you this recipe because I think you and Ian would really like it. My mom makes this um, chocolate cake with Kahlua chocolate liquor. Oh, and shit. it's got it's got like bits of like chocolate chip in it. And it's like it's kind of like a bunt cake kind of. There's no oh like God. frosting to it. Yeah. But it's like it's so good. Doing it. I'm going to send you the recipe because it it's me. like, it's really amazing. And if she got any secrets, y'all can share me about that flan. See, I'm already saying it. I was making fun of flan until I got corrected. See, this is growth. You guys just witnessed growth. I was making fun of it. You know what this it. is? Growth. Growth. <laughs> so, so send me, if there's any tricks of the trade about how to do, you know, flan, because I'm like all over Pinterest going, and this one lady goes, okay, let me just explain to you, like the down low. It's not mm-hmm. just as easy as you think it is. There is an art mm-hmm. to this shit sure. so and i respect that i respect the p- people who put in the time it's like making ribs one doesn't mm. just grab a slab of ribs and just throw them on the grill and go ta-da you will be beaten where i'm from that's yeah a lot of murder has happened over just foolishness around the grill Ugh, i love ribs man I-, I know that wasn't uh something we meant we did like 20 minutes on that i don't know i didn't mean to lose. <laughs> We did. <laughs> Y'all don't even. Hey, look, this is the new territory we're in. If you're still with us, thank you for listening. Again, I love the fact that no one can like give a complete answer to what this podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's going to be, be like a paragraph of explanations because there just isn't uh, one thing. Um, I have a thing. I have a question about the universe that is Amazon Prime. So trying to find something just to sort of like half watch, if that makes any sense, because I have other things to do. Mm -hmm. You know, because reality shows, I'll get my fill of those, or I'll watch Narrow Boat, and then that's like watching paint dry. And then I I turned on uh, Counterpart on Amazon Prime, right? Um. I love J.K. Simmons. I think he's very, very talented. He's got an Oscar to show it. The guy can, you know, act the shit out of something. The premise is really dumb. Um, Spoiler alert for Counterpart. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't watched it, turn off the podcast right now. The four of you still listening. Um, (laughs) There's an alternate universe or a portal. I'm sorry. There's a portal. There's two worlds. There's another you on the other side. Oh, I know what show this is. Right. This is Counterpart and, you know... Um, every trope under the sun. If it's a drinking game, uh, just listening to the script, it's like who is writing this show? It's like you know, they just say so many tropey, just things you've heard a million times before. But I can't uh-huh. stop watching it. <laughs> I'm in season two. <laughs> I'm in season two. Um, 
And then I realized that, because I didn't finish Man in the High Castle, Man in the High Castle is also about the same thing. Another Amazon Prime show where there's a portal, and in one world, the Japanese and the Germans win World War II, and in the other world, you know, it's America and everything's great until, you know, Ronald Reagan and, and then Trump. But anyway, so here's my question for you guys creating <laughs> portals and other worlds. Um, why has it got to just be this joyless? Do you know? There was one uh-huh. hopeful moment where this guy is actually having, he's watching himself have sex with another person. I'm like, you would think that that would be the first instinct is to use another portal for porn. It's kind of what we do as human beings, right? We invent you know, like a sure. really sophisticated device and we porn is invented uh-huh. the same afternoon. So right. I'm like, why does it always have to be joyless? These two products, there's a lot of money. They're hiring these big name actors. There's elaborate sets and everybody's all about just warring with each other. Would this be our first instinct if we had, uh, if you found out there was another Andre on the other side, you know, would our first instinct be to be suspicious of each other? There was a flu outbreak. People got, you know, 3% of the population did die. I mean, that does sour things a bit, but um, I'm always curious about people who come up with these portal things. Why is it always about the negative? Well, you could exchange sweaters with somebody, like shoes, because they have the same DNA. This is counterpart. The same DNA. They look exactly the same. They have um, the same names in a lot of cases. They're like, you know, I was like, why would you just use it for like more mundane things like, you know, HBO accounts, you know, <laughs> multiple logins. If I had a twin, there's so much. I would be I would be very overjoyed about that, but everybody's just so I don't know. I think this is only a question I'm asking myself, and nobody else cares. <laughs> I can't answer the question. I don't I don't know why it's always joyless. And that's it, Ashley. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just am struck by this. It's like you get all this money to get this thing made, and this is it's like French did this too, but French had more of a. There was a darkness to Fringe, obviously, but there was also a lightness. Oh, Fringe? Are you saying Fringe? Yeah, Fringe. I thought you said French. I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, Fringe had a lightness to it, and there was a sense of humor to it, and that's what I appreciated about Fringe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joshua Jackson, I can't remember the female lead, and then there was the older guy who was the funny guy, the scientist. Um, It it disappeared up his ass a little bit like when they kept pushing it to be on the air too long, but... You know, I'm always wondering why we just go to the darkest places with these things. Is it dark times? I don't know. I don't know. Shrug um, shoulders. I don't know. Another thing I want to recommend is if you haven't gotten around to seeing the second season of The Kaminsky Method, funnier probably than the first season, which I didn't even think was possible. A uh, very, very funny. I think you have to be of a certain age to really appreciate, appreciate the jokes, and I'm kind of there. So I'm like laughing my ass off. A lot of just Hollywood jokes, insider jokes, and just how like the actor, Michael Douglas, is still teaching classes and sort of getting by, and his manager lives in like a really nice house in Bel Air. Um, that's just a joke right in your face right there. Like, this is what <laughs> happens to actors. This is who's making the money. But it's just a sweet little story between these two guys, and they dip their toe into the whole Scientology pond uh, toward the last part of the second season, and I'm like, do they not know how this works? And they, They're going to get <laughs> sued. <laughs> but um, it's interesting how they handle it. They actually go through the uh, tenets of Scientology because Haley Joel Osment is the 
grandson who's run away from Scientology, and he's pitching this to his grandfather like, you're a Thetan, you know, this is what goes on with you. And it's literally the religion of Scientology. And at the end of it, um, Alan Arkin's character is like, you just pitched the shit out of that to me. You would have a great calling as a manager in this business. you got to come work for me at the agency. Wait, I love how they just do this spin on it. It's fucking hilarious. So I'm looking forward to season three. If you haven't seen uh, season one and season two, it's on Netflix. you gotta, you got to check it out. It's just a, it's a delight, and it's got this, I don't know, if you're a person who likes those sort of inside comedies about the business, there's just mm-hmm. one zinger after the other. It's very Veep-like in that regard. So I'm digging that. Uh, I have some recommendations on things not to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, well, okay, I'm not going to say not to watch this. So I don't know if you watched it, but this week me and Lindsay finished Next in Fashion on Netflix. Um, I have to say, I really don't understand high fashion. (laughs) I, I don't I'm either. fully aware that there is a level to which my understanding of fashion just stops. But I think that some of it is just a little bit bullshit. <laughs> okay, so I did watch the entire season and I, 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 I'll, I it's not all. I'm the same way. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I just want to say this one thing about that show. I don't understand who was dressing Tan and Alexa. Their clothes were abysmal. Every single episode, their actual clothing that the stylist chose for them to wear on each episode got worse and worse and worse and worse, which set the tone for the show for me, (laughs) which was, (laughs) I apparently don't understand this, to which I'm sitting there silently watching it with Ian, and like three episodes in, he goes, I don't understand fashion because this all looks wrong and horrible. Why? And he goes, uh, what is this? We were watching this streetwear episode. He goes, what do they mean, streetwear? I said, well, as far as I know, that's not it. That's not streetwear <laughs> at all. Anyway, continue. I'll there, shut up well, now. this is hard because, like, it's, for me, if I had to find, like, an analogy to it for, like, music, there is a certain level of music that, to a casual listener, just does not sound like music. <laughs> I'm talking more like contemporary, 21st century, cerebral, abstract, that kind of thing. And even I still struggle to consume some of it. I, I'll say like most of the stuff, like contemporary stuff, I think is just a little bullshit. Um, and then there are some genuinely great things. But to a casual listener, and again, it's just like, this is music? So like, I'm, I'm like watching that the show with sort of that mindset of like, I'm trying to be as open-minded as I can and maybe I'll learn something, but I didn't. I just got more and more confused. But and I I'm did. glad I was happy with the winner. I loved Minju. Yes, I loved of course. what, what she made and all of that. I, I honestly, I didn't hate anyone, any of the contestants. I found no. all of them very likable. And I love ta- I, I actually love Tan France's guts and I, I'm charmed by Alexa. So yeah. 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 I didn't hate anyone by any means. I was confused how Daniel made it that far. Don't I just even didn't... I don't get it either. I there's a, I, 
I don't know, man. Like, I mean, I was in it and I was like being semi-entertained, so I can't say it was a complete waste of time. And it was very awesome to see Minju win. But also, <laughs> it was just it was just very weird. And I felt like the people that they kept come coming to invite to like judge, with the exception of like maybe like Tommy Hilfiger and that lady who like started Adidas, I felt like everyone else was just like making up bullshit on the spot a little bit. I, I really just don't also know. why are we inviting Tommy Hilfiger to this? I mean, no offense, but when was he I mean like the polo guy? Like what is <laughs> He was relevant in the eighties and then like like nineteen ninety happened and then what well, I don't even understand. It they, this thing was so badly story produced for me. It's like we were we had chosen our winners before it started. I mean which mm. you know happens. I mean sorry to, to tell you and also some wrestling is fake. Um but like it was so so overtly story produced that I'm like, mm, okay. It was kind of hard. It's like trying to watch that Lego thing on Hulu, oh, the Lego competition. And I just couldn't get around Will Arnett. I was just like, I can't, I can't with this guy. So I couldn't get to like the, the amazing designs. And then just some of the, the pairs, the lady who couldn't keep her mouth shut, who just has the O face with the teased up hair. I, she was ruining it for me. She was, it was a bad time. And it was just a couple of just, the lady with the really teased hair who had the O face the entire time, just the chick from Florida or whatever, who was always like, oh, the entire time. And I was just like, I can't. No, she needs to get off my screen now. So I raptured her off my screen and went on to something else. So there was one, I think it was in the first episode, and I'm trying to find the name of these, of these designers. Um, but it was Kiki and I don't remember the other woman's name. Oh, come on. Not Claire. Oh, by the way, that just is- for the record, while you're looking that up, just mm-hmm. uh, I jumped the track and was talking about the Lego competition on Hulu and was saying that that there was a couple of people and that partners in that where she was giving the O face. That was what was putting me off. This. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're just gonna call this podcast brain scramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was mm. the 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 yeah. designer pair of Kiki and, and Farai. There was that first episode where they they made like these beautiful like these African sort of blouses with like these really amazing prints, oh, and then the models nice. get there and they put it on a white boy, and yeah. I'm just like, this feel. Why did they do that? And you see like the other models, and they're like there are plenty of of black models there too. So I'm just like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know who who let that happen. Well, Kiki kept getting in the way of the younger designer constantly like got in her way it's like you know you want to bow down to that queen because she was doing fubu she was you know you know which ushered in baby fats like she was one of the original street designers she was one of the original designers of color who raised the game um mm-hmm. so you have to have respect for that but it also just shows you was sort of a lesson in you got to either evolve or get out of the way and let other people like do it better than you I mean, I'm, fir- I'm a firm believer in that. Like, I don't want to have no legacy. You know, y'all take over and do your thing. So that was kind of tragic to watch because she literally shattered that other girl down. Well, not literally. She, her, her, she just, she kept saying no to her, like, big ideas. Mm-hmm. And that was the death of her. So there's a couple of good moments in it. I would say it's worth watching. Yeah. I mean, like, it's definitely, like, new and fresh. And you've and you've not really, I mean, like... I'm not going to say that because there's always Project Runway. But even then, like, there, I don't know. It's I think it's definitely worth watching. This Lego show, on the other hand, Mm-mm. 
So I, I have it. to give a little backstory. I li- I grew up on Legos, and I would spend hours and hours and hours just like playing with Legos. I loved like constructing my own things and like designing it and whatnot. I was such a little gay. Um, but so and see, I I see this like advertisement for this show that's all about like Lego building. It's like the graded break base. Oh my god. The Great British Baking Show, but like with Legos. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, cool. And then I start watching it. And the first episode was like, okay. And then I watched the second episode. And I'm like, oh, my God. What's going on? So like, so the, it starts. And I'm like, I see the host guy. I'm like, where do I know him from? And then I looked up his name. And then suddenly I saw his name. And my brain was just like, I don't like that name. And I'm like, I don't either. But why don't we like that name? My brain's just like, we just don't like him. I'm like, okay. Um, it's kind of like with Kevin James. I have no real problems with Kevin James. But I get very mad every time I see him anywhere. I don't know why. There's something in my childhood that's something that's like triggering me that just like Maybe I, I watched Grown Ups way too many times. I don't know. There was a time. But then, the, yo, I'm sorry. I, that's okay. Um, but like I'm watching it and I'm like, this is kind of cool. But like the second episode was like almost unwatchable because they kept making. And you saying you're, you said that this, he's just making shit up. I, I felt like some what some of what Will was saying was very heavily scripted and very cringy. And when they brought in Maya Balik, and I'm just like, love her. But then she leaves halfway through the episode. I'm just like, did y'all not have, did, can y'all not pay her enough to stay through the whole episode? It was very weird how they tried to play it off. <laughs> and then like the, you know how I was talking about how like the judges they brought in for Next in Fashion were kind of full of bullshit. I kind of felt the same way about these Brickmasters because they're coming in. Their jobs are not real. They're fake. They're coming in and they're making these weird comments and judgments about building Legos. And they're like, I'm a little concerned about the construction because of blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, shut up. What is this? Yeah, what am like I taking watching? taking the joy out of something. Yeah. The total toy game. Like I had friends who... Um, who work for Mattel here in town, and like we would sit around and have cocktails, and they would talk about the dog eat dog word world at Mattel, and I'm like, what? What <laughs> the fuck? But it's an entertainment thing. I don't want to know that. I don't need Legos judged. Where's the joy? You know, Americans, we gotta we gotta get on the Great British Baking Show train, where mm. people are helping one another. No one says, I'm just here to win. I'm not here to make friends. Great British Baking Show is like, oh, I just met her. She's wonderful. We're going to be friends for life, and I'm going to help her with her sugar work. Like, I love that. I sound like that guy on that TikTok. Mother, Mary. Anyway, um, <laughs> Mary? Mary? You need to get down. Um, I love that guy so much. Hi, Dan. Uh, so I just didn't need that. But I got to say about Will Arnett, like back in the day on the first early seasons of Arrested uh, Development and when he was on around the SNL kind of game and when he was mm-hmm. the early days before he was good to Amy and didn't turn into the um, fucking raging asshole that he became later and got divorced from her. Good reason. Glad you dropped that guy. Um, he became this um, self-centered, a uh, blowhard um, person that's too much. Like, yeah. that's a guy that I don't know if he's ever going to learn that just a little enough of him is all you need. You don't need a whole big plate of that. And so here's a guy who he's ad-libbing a lot of that cringy shit. I'm feeling. I don't know for sure. And there's just so much of Will. He just he just sucks all the air out of the room. 
So yeah, I feel like that's the joy. And again, we're judging Legos. I thought it was going to be something really fun and playful. And there was a couple of those designs where like the guys who did the lumberjack world, I thought that was the coolest mm-hmm. shit ever. Like there was some things yeah. that I, I fucking loved it. Uh, and I love the father and the son. And I don't even mm. know anything about Legos. I'm the opposite of you. I grew up with Lincoln logs, but mostly my parents couldn't even afford that shit. So it was just like dirt. Uh, we made Legos forts and shit. Well, yeah. I mean, they are. And like we had erector sets, um, hand me down with half the pieces mission. So fuck that. <laughs> And then we had, like, you'd get G.I. Joes and Barbies and stuff, and then they'd point you toward the backyard and get you a bucket so you could fill it with water so you could make your own adobe. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Barbie's dream house is an adobe. Um, so it's like I, I didn't really, I don't have an association with them, but what with the culture that I do of them, know of them from my friends, is that this is a joyful thing. It's... Yeah. So I don't understand. I didn't, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't stick around to see if it got amazing. Maybe it does, but I don't know. Different host. Don't get that what? guy. Just because no. he's a Lego Batman voice. No. I just, I don't want to watch an hour of him making cringy dad jokes that may or may not be scripted. Like, <laughs> but I'm just like, it's also weird it's to put Legos in a competition. <laughs> yeah. It, it's weird to put Legos in like a competition context. Cause like, you don't get the sense that these people will get like jobs and Legos after they leave. Cause you know, like with next in fashion, I'm sure there's someone watching that works in that industry that will see like Angelo doing something or someone else and be like, Oh, that's unique. It didn't work for the show, but I like what they're doing. Maybe call them up. What's their age. Like you probably see that a lot. And even like with like cooking shows and like cooking competitions, like that makes sense. Cause there's like a profession there. And I'm not saying Lego isn't a profession. Cause obviously there are, there are designers. There are people that make the bricks. There are people that make the sets. I understand that, but it's also on Fox. So, you know, not a lot of people are seeing it. <laughs> right. And so it's, it's just weird to put it in a competition context. Cause I was watching it because I wanted to like hear people talk about how to put Legos together. And it was less about that and more just about like, weird scripted arguments between contestants and like planned like incidents. And I'm just like, again, the first episode was fine, but for some reason that second episode really pissed me off. Cause it was just, it just suddenly became really unwatchable. I didn't make it that far. So I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> um, I, I saw some uh, big news. Um, I thought you would celebrate insatiable has been canceled off of Netflix. Oh, I saw that. I was Love like that story for me. I was like, y'all, somebody finally caught on to the fact that that show is just trash. Uh, yeah. Now can someone get on Riverdale's ass and cancel them because they've been they've been renewed for season five, bitch. I got through the first season and a half of Riverdale and I realized it wasn't for me, so I stopped watching. But somehow I'm but on the trash train and, and keep watching. <laughs> who is it for? And again, I said that's uh, the same about you. Everybody loves Penn Badgley. Everybody loves themselves, uh, you know, a white boy. And they love to watch you. And I watched both seasons of it now. And I was like, I don't know why I'm still here. And then there's a season three. Guys, why? Uh, why? Why does it all have to be bad? <laughs> why can't it all be Shit's Creek? Why can't it all I, be? I saw Harley sent me a um, a video that's it's like that like Riverdale crack where they just like edit like the the craziest most cringeworthy lines together and you're just like watching you're just like I can't believe they're 
they're like actually saying this and like i've only seen riverdale in the context of those videos and like i've, I've watched like video essays of, of people trying to figure out why it's so cringy and none of them coming to a concrete answer it's literally just like i've never watched something where just like every single line is trash like there's nothing redeemable about it <laughs> it's just all bad and so I, I get that video, and then I see my recommendations, the same thing for the Sabrina and the, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina or whatnot. And apparently, yeah. they're having the same issue, and apparently they're existing in the same universe as Riverdale. So I'm like, is is are we having the Riverdale cinematic universe now? And then I looked up, I was like, I gotta see who's writing this. And there's one guy that is on both writing teams, and he's the only similarity between the teams, so therefore I blame him. Mm-hmm. It's Miguel something or other. Miguel is just rolling up with the big old carts of just garbage trash. Yeah, Sabrina, I just started saying, oh, wow, is it me or is everything just dark and problematic and full of tropes <laughs> and terrible writing? I don't know what's happening, but okay. why are we watching? Why are we watching teenagers have sex so, or being whipped by sex demons? I'm very so confused crazy. about who these shows are for. <laughs> I don't know who they're for. But, I mean, they have huge fandoms, don't they? Doesn't Sabrina and Riverdale and even Insatiable, don't they have huge fandoms? But most of it is uh, is like your typical hate watch fandom. Like, people watch it because it's bad, which isn't oh. very flattering. <laughs> I could totally oh, see, like, I getting see. together a bunch of friends and, like, getting drunk and then watching an episode of Riverdale. Like, that yeah. shit would be funny. That should be hilarious. We used to do that with TV shows all the time. We did it with 90210. I love to hate watch that show. I had friends who hate watched... Um, Gilmore Girls and things like that. I don't really hate. I mean, like the only thing I hate watch is the the Twilight movies. Riverdale for me is just like it's funny at first, but the more I watch it, I just get more angry mm. <laughs> that I it's on the, the air. Yeah, I don't. I just I dip on a lot of things these days. I'm finding, and I I just want something to to elicit a certain a counterpart. It's still kind of like not well written at all. Um, and some of the storylines are like, what the fuck? But then the actors are so good and believable. And there's just something, there's just enough um, buttercream to keep me around. But most of it's whipped cream. So uh, see what I did there? Oh, I love um, that analogy. Right. That I'll just stick around and go, I mean, it's it's sort of scratching an itch, but I'm actually just more itchy when it's over. I don't know why. <laughs> I hate myself. So I don't know. I, I feel like a... I'm waiting for Better Call Saul to come back on the air. So we're <laughs> going to, I'm going to wash my brain of all of this stuff because we bought, started, started watching Love is Blind and mm -hmm. I realized that I needed to stop watching this because it's like The Bachelor meets The Circle. Um, I loved The Circle. I don't watch The Bachelor. I don't watch Slave Auctions on TV. And then I'm, I'm watching that <laughs> and I'm seeing the pansexual guy just handle it the wrong way and be really horrible and just so oh, ratchet no. and so problematic. Um, Carlton just dropped the damn fucking ball what that was abysmal. He, he proposed the, the show is you meet each other on blind dates. And then the object of the show, which is pretty nefarious is to get you to get engaged and get married within like a weeks. Um, yeah. Okay. It's like the bachelor on meth meets the circle. So this guy is pansexual bisexual the way he describes himself is probably pan he says mm -hmm. bi he says he says it in all kinds of different ways but he proposes to this girl they go off to mexico because this thing is like ratcheted up there's it it's not just 
a slow burn. They get right to the Mexico right. vacation. And then he tells her after they're engaged and they're a week or so away from their wedding that he's by. And she says, look, I was my authentic self with you in those pods when we were having the blind dates. And I'm needing to process this. And he said, sure, sure, sure. But then immediately when she didn't take it too well, and she didn't take it too well either. But again, he sprung this on her. She said some problematic things. And then all of a sudden, he calls, he's talk, talking about her wig slipping and insulting her and then calls her bitch. And then she threw her coffee in his face. And I was just like, what the actual fuck? Like, that is an example of how not to come out to someone. Also, I don't know, you should have said that in the pod. It was just very problematic. Netflix has got a real big problem with this kind of content where they just let the shit go. And then there's a guy on there, Mark. I'm pulling for you, Mark. Get away from that bitch. Um, this basic white bitch, this this Becky, wanted this other white dude, and then he turned her down and went for this other basic bitch. You know, all these people couldn't get on The Bachelor. And yeah. um, Mark over here, this sweet, sweet dude, um, Hispanic dude from Chicago, He's got this great heart, and he's on the shorter side, and he's cute as hell. He's fine. He's fine. And um, she's like, this this chick is playing him up. And I'm like, <laughs> we just sat there the entire time, and I'm just like screaming, run at Mark the entire time. Run! Run! <laughs> run to the airport. So I don't know how it's going to turn out. But after like watching four episodes of that, I needed to bathe my soul. And I realized that I just need to take a break from reality TV and swear it off one more time. Like I did true crime and get away from it. And, mm -hmm. um, we're going to restart board. I'm going to, Ian has never seen boardwalk empire all the way through. So we're going to mm -hmm. watch that. It's scripted. We know it's all scripted. There's no will on Arnett in it. And, um, there is Michael Pitt. He's problematic on his own, but we're just going to go marching through that. And then we're going to watch uh, the fourth season of Better Call Saul, beautifully made series uh, leading into season five. It's one, I think Better Call Saul is like a Mr. Robot. Only a handful of people, I feel like, are watching that show. But it's mm. so fucking good. It's so fucking good. And you could watch Better Call Saul and then turn around and watch Breaking Bad off the end of it, and it doesn't matter which order you watch them in because it's so interesting mm. uh, that they did it the way they did it. When are you going to watch Breaking Bad? That's the question of the day. When are you going to watch Breaking Bad? When? Mm -hmm. When my apartment gets its shit together. That's when. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. When you start and pressuring I feel, me, feel Lisa. feel safe watching TV without the ceiling caving in on me. <laughs> Good answer. You're not a... Well, speaking... You're like, I feel like you're like you're resistant to it like you were with Game of Thrones. I think you're just like, I'm not going to watch oh, that. Oh, well, yeah. That's exactly what's happening. Okay. I just have to get over that hump. Yeah. Um, It'll happen one day. Okay. Um... Well, speaking of Netflix, I'm, I know you saw this because you posted it on Facebook, but this uh, Stranger Things thing that they released yeah, um, was very surprising for a number of reasons. That Hopper isn't... Uh... Wait, uh, spoilers ahead mm. for, for season three and now season four. But yeah, so, they, so they've, they've released this teaser and Hopper is alive, which like... I don't really have a problem with. I'm just questioning why they couldn't wait until they, till the season aired. 
I don't well, feel like didn't there was a everybody huge buzz. know that he wasn't dead. Like, did everybody watch that season and not go Hopper going to be alive in the next season? Like, come on. Well, now. I mean, there was theorizing because they there was that post credit scene. There was theorizing for a hot second, but then as the 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 binge goes, like you know, everyone's done talking about it a week later, and I mean, like my timeline was not flooded with people wondering if he was alive. Like it wasn't like a Jon Snow thing. No. Like people weren't obsessing over it. So I found it very weird that they decided to be like, you don't have to wait to know that he's alive. And yeah. like, I don't know, there's, there's a cheap, there's like the low hanging fruit of like, well, it, you know, like cheapens the ending of season three. Like I, I'm going to see how they handle it. But like, can you imagine like the, the season airing and like the first episode, like they show that. And now you have like a, a, a strong buzz around your last season of your show. I don't know. I, don't, I feel like we've, we've jumped uh, over the Rubicon of that though. I think that people figure it out. There was also leaks of seeing Hopper's car on set. I never believed for a second that, that, that Hopper was gone. Um, I knew he was going to come back, uh, but here's their twist children. Here's their big basic twist is that Hopper is evil now. He's he's Russian. <laughs> he's he's Russian. He's uh got a MAGA hat on. I don't know. Um no, he's a uh, you know, I love Stranger Things. I love the actors who are on it. I don't expect a whole lot from it. I'm happy that uh, Winona Ryder is getting a paycheck and uh, she's my beloved princess from the 80s. We are the same age. Um so I don't really expect a whole lot out of it. And I feel like I'm not the one to ask about good takes on it because I didn't believe. Didn't they for real kill? Who was the one they for real killed? Billy? Yeah. They for real killed Billy. So mm-hmm. they pulled The Walking Dead. They they glenned Hopper under the dumpster. And then they for real, real killed um, Abraham slash Billy. Now are they gonna for real kill Glenn <laughs> in season three? Because when you're bad Hopper and you come back, you know, because that dude's blowing up. There's a lot of demand on his time to be and stuff. I don't yeah. know if he's gonna continue on with Stranger Things. I don't have any more roads, so I'm just bracing y'all for a little Walking Dead Scott Gimple twist. There is that they fake killed him under the dumpster in the upside down place. I'm wait. I mean, like, I'm gonna wait for the reason why they did that, and I'm gonna withhold my judgment until I I see the season. I don't know. For me, Stranger Things is weird because like everyone immediately just just collectively decide to hate it after season one. Like for many people, it's like season one and everything else after just does not matter. I'm I feel like it's a pretty well written and consistent show yeah sure. I, I i really try to understand where people are coming from with it i i just don't have that level of and i'm sure there there's like some some element of like people expecting certain things and those things don't happen and like and i get like the judgments about like like the weird queer baiting thing that they're doing with will and like i am totally on board with that um but it's also not like damaging my relationship with the show i i am excited for for the final season i really hope people don't freak the fuck out over it like they did with game of thrones because i want to enjoy the the last season but i don't know i've always been pretty like on good terms with stranger things i never thought it was like oh amazing i didn't never thought it was shit either like i thought it was a pretty above average sort of thing i don't know yeah, I that's a lot of people who are just first seasoners. 
you know, first season Fred's. I don't know. We should I come up with a phrase for that. There are a lot of people who do that, and I don't understand it. I mean, I, again, I think it's just cutting off the nose to spite your face. Stick around and see. Of course, I stick around a lot longer than I probably should with things, and I do give them a chance. That's getting shorter and shorter as more content is made, and I'm like, ah, I can move on to something else. I'm getting more. Yeah. I'm doing that with books, too. Like, I have a bunch of books that are stacked up in my Kindle. Um, I no longer collect paper books because I learned the hard way that they mulch and they attract creatures. Um, so I'm like, I'm finally going through my books and I'm like, oh shit, oh, 20 minutes into this? No. You know what yeah. I mean? So mm-hmm. I think when I started doing that with TV shows, I feel like with Stranger Things, it's satisfying, it's there, it's part of your subscription. I don't, what's to hate? I don't, it's been fun. I'm not a purist about season ones. Like people, like I got introduced to a series and now you want it to be exactly like season one. You'd be the same person going, it's exactly like season one. They got to go somewhere. They're not just going to sit in the basement and be the same people. Right. And I mean, like, I feel like I'm on a weird side of the fence too because like the main draw to people is like the 80s nostalgia. And to me, that's just like the one thing that I, I want to, I want the show to do less of. Yeah. I feel like there's just a lot of times where I'm just like, okay, I get it. Like, and, like who is the show for? I'm over it. <laughs> exactly. Like, and like people are like, it's the best thing about the show. I'm like, it's really not for me. Like, I just wish they would do less of it and just stick to the story that they're telling. I did wonder about that because, you know, I'm a person who that was my jam in my era. Like when I watch, watch Bumblebee, I'm like, oh, somebody my age made this film for people my age. A Gen Xer made this film for Gen Xers. But Stranger mm-hmm. Things has this super young cast and it's like heavily branded in this 80s and you look at those guys who made it and it's like i don't know like maybe that is the 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 friction that's happening is that these guys are creating this 80s world but the people who are watching it are much skewing much younger so maybe maybe you make something for those guys i don't know well, i don't know because like the 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 first first season really had like the the 80s nostalgia thing going for it and like that paired with the synth score and like there was a lot of it that really worked but it, it is a lot of like the directors like the duffer brothers being like oh this is what we did in our childhood let's put it in the tv show and i'm just like eh, but do you have to i understand it's the 80s like i'm very aware that this takes place in the 80s i don't need to be hit in the head over like hit over the head with it a lot yeah i kind of also feel like that with it the first chapter it didn't do it nearly as much as stranger things but when it did do it i'm just like why though (laughs) yeah it's like watching people like and i had to watch it too with boomers like when we were watching stuff back in the day everybody was in love with like World War Two in Vietnam. So all of your content had to have some element of that. He's returning from Vietnam. He did three tours. And you're like, I get it, bro. Yeah, Vietnam. We're watching it like in real time right now. We really don't need it to be in every show. So I do feel that. I mean, as much as I, that was like my time when I was just graduating from high school and going into mm-hmm. college, I just don't feel like I want to relive it either. So I can only imagine somebody's like, wasn't born yet. Don't give a shit. Yeah. What the fuck? Don't care. So... And also, they're trying to make it seem like it was magical. It really wasn't. It was such a cold war and bad hairstyles and itchy clothing and a lot of STDs and a lot of our rights being trampled upon. You know, usual. So, sure. you don't really understand the big jerk-off about... Um, how many times have I said jerk-off in this podcast? It's my phrase. 
It's like when Tyler I say again, right <laughs> when I say again on the show, like there was nothing previously that I, when I listen to this <laughs> podcast sometimes, I just drive myself crazy. I'm like, again, what do you mean again? You didn't say something before. What the actual fuck? It's, it's okay. funny how we have listeners. We do have listeners. I, I'm always surprised. You're here for Andre, aren't you? And Ian. No, I They're definitely it. not here for me. <laughs> I am here. For Andre and Ian as Why well. Why are you here, listeners? Email us and tell us what our podcast is about. No, I'm very I don't want email Andre. I don't want to know. I just don't want you to just keep loving me. I need I need your love and affection. Leave an um, iTunes review, unless you're planning to leave anything lower than three stars. Oh fuck! Truly, really don't tempt fate. Um, what else was I going to tell you about? And then we probably should get on out of here. No, I kind of covered everything. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> uh, that was it. That was totally it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think we kind of covered the week. I don't know what's coming up this week for you. Um, I know that I can't wait for kind of March, even though we're sort of halfway through the month. March, a lot of things are coming back on television that I've been waiting for. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for a lot of content to come back out so I can stop hating myself for oh, watching yeah, so much oh, reality man. TV. I just realized how long we've been running. I, I literally forgot to bring this up last week, and I don't know if we should bring it up now because we really should be going, but the the whole Johnny Depp thing that happened two weeks ago. Holy fuck. Okay, next podcast. I can't podcast, believe we didn't talk about it. Next podcast, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll for sure talk about it. Uh, those of you who have been on the Johnny wagon since the beginning, looks like you guys are always right. So <laughs> I think we did talk about this. We did. We touched on it. You don't have to believe all women. Just, you know, make judgments for yourself. We talked about this. Did we? Did we? On the air? Oh, God. We got to start tracking this shit. Uh, <laughs> but we'll bring it up next week for sure. We'll, we'll get into that. And, uh, yeah. You guys, uh, if you're making flan this week, go with God and share your secrets with me. You can write us at ashlandpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, ashlandpodcast there. And we're also ashlandpodcast on Instagram and Facebook. Come join us. Like things. Tell us what you think. Be nice, though. There's no reason to be a dick. Really, yeah. ever. And if we've insulted something that you love, it's not personal. And why, Keen, it's not personal to you, sir. You know, but do act better as a person on set. You know, you are at work. Um, yeah. Have any tips? Any medical history you want to share before we get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> um, get enough sleep. Yeah, I don't want to say drink water because we said that every week. Yeah, well, I feel like the, everyone knows that by now. Water is important. Pretty soon, it's going to be a commodity, and there's going to be wars over it. Anyway, um, <laughs> and and I'll I'll refrain from telling you uh, how I'm fighting my CPAP machine because no one cares. <laughs> and uh, just know that we love you and take care of yourself, and we will see you in a week. So sleep well. All right, bye guys. <laughs> <laughs>